0: Well, hey, good morning everybody. Good morning. Good to see all of you guys. Um, this is your first time here at Hill City. Um, my name is John Wagner. I'm part of this team. And just grateful that you are here. Uh, before I get into the message, I just want to give you guys a quick update on all the building stuff, and um, just to say thank you, uh, honestly. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, uh, we are in process of purchasing this building, and uh, we'll close on it at some point in in August. But uh, just want to let you know that we we've you guys have like stepped in really well so far. Um, we have a long way to go yet. Yeah, we you know want to raise three million dollars, but. Uh, we've had over a hundred households now participate already and uh, a little over half a million uh, you know has come in and, and pledged and so which is like really great and so yeah we're grateful for that um, and um, again we got a ways to go and plenty of time to hop in and everything so if you guys have a spare two and a half million it's great we would take that um, but, um, but just thank you for um, participating uh, so far. So we're in this series called Something is Happening. Uh, originally it was going to end last week, uh, and it's just not going to end yet. And so uh, just some other things that are just transpiring as I'm reading through the book of Acts and thinking about some of these moments, these like huge God moments, these things that uh, are revival moments, and, and it's happening in our country, and it's happening all over the world, and I just don't want us to miss it. I don't want you to miss it, I don't want us to miss it as a community, Uh, and and it can happen because in every single big revival moment in the history of humanity, people have missed it. And, uh, And so what we've been doing in this series is we've been taking a look at all the different things that we can do to actually be able to set ourselves up to experience it how do we engage it? and what does it look like personally what does it look like communally what comes out of us and so every single week we kind of looking at one little different nugget that kind of like shows it's like ah oh, this is this is how we can open ourselves up to the spirit of god moving and experience this fresh thing that the spirit is doing uh, all throughout this world and so it's been a great series. We're going to keep this going here for another few weeks. Uh, and then, uh, as I shared a couple weeks ago, August 20th, we'll start another series, uh, which will be on the book of Revelation for uh, a couple of months, all right? And so, um, super easy book to tackle. So we'll be in that, and uh, um, but excited for that. But we're in this series, the thing that's really struck me is as we begin to engage the Spirit of God is, is when you pause and breathe for a second and, and you think about this whoa, this is all attainable. This isn't, yes, there's a mystery to how God works. But what we're talking about in terms of experiencing a depth and an understanding and a move of God, it's all, it's an option. It's, It's attainable for every single person in this room to experience God in a way that transforms your life that gives you a new hope, a new future. It, it, it allows you to experience your humanity so differently. And it's right at our fingertips. It's, it's available right now. And we can gloss over that. The longer you're in church, the easier it is to gloss over that because there's certain things you kind of take for granted. Uh, but, but, there's, but there's this opportunity right in front of us. And one of the things is we've been talking about that, uh, you know, that have been a part of every revival Uh, is, has been singing. When you historically look at singing, uh, whether it's, you look at uh, the abolitionist movement, or during slavery, or uh, during civil rights times, or, uh, you know, uh, the Sousa Street Revival, which we've talked about, singing is always a part of it. It's, you look throughout scripture, and you see like singing is this vibrant part of the community, that, that singing is like, there's something about singing. Uh, How many guys love to sing? Okay, how many guys are like, I'm pretty good at it? Okay, yeah, Um, how many guys are like, I love it, but I know I'm not good? Yeah, that's me, right? Like I know like in the car, I'm like, I can get after it, but I know, it's not good. Like, all the time, like, Laura and I have a running joke uh, about, because when I, I, she comes up here, like, at the end of a sermon, and, and she can sometimes, like, hear me, like, in my mic, and I have this fear that I'm going to leave my mic on when I go sit down and start singing, and then all she's going to hear is me in her ears. And, like, and so um, it's my greatest fear, I think, that I have uh, as a pastor. But singing is, like, an incredibly important. It's, it's, it, it does something in us. When I think about singing, uh, I was... I was Think about, like, songs that, like, they take you back to a moment, right? We all have those songs. Uh, for me, I was thinking this week about, uh, there's this artist, Van Morrison, and uh, and growing up, my friend Andy Benedict was obsessed with Van Morrison, and, and so he had this song called Moon Dance. Anyone know that song, Moon Dance? Yeah, yeah. And so anytime I hear the song Moon Dance, I know every word to it. I think of Andy, like, in, in our friendship, and it immediately takes, like, I will text him today just a to reference that I said about Moon Dance, right? There's something about a song. I have so much 90s hip-hop in my brain that like anytime a song comes on it takes me back to memories. It takes me back to moments and you also realize how powerful a song is because you're like that shouldn't be in my head anymore. You know, but it is, and, and, you, don't, and you don't like it, and, 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 but you see how much music matters. You see how much, when lyrics get stuck in your head, when lyrics, they, they shape how you see things, they shape uh, how you like uh, experience a moment. Like there's something about music. When, uh, if you've taken lessons, music lessons, your brain has different fibers that are operating than those that have not taken music lessons. There's, there's something about music. Music does something. It takes us places. There's 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 emotion in it. There's uh, a story in it. it. It 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 does something inside of us that other things can't do. Music gives us all the emotions. Music engages us in so many uh, different ways. Music uh, binds us together, right? Uh, if uh, any Virginia Tech fans, right, when, when Enter Sandman comes on, right, like yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like your lone excitement for the football game. But like, there's like, um, there's, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, But understand what comes on. People lose mind. It's a bonding moment. And, And listen, when a kid grows up, do they have to learn to dance? No. Something about music taps into a little child that they just naturally start dancing, right? And whether they have rhythm or not, they just like, they just start. Like it just, there's something about music. It sticks. Right? If if like you finish the line, I'll I'll say something. You finish the line, right? Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Like that's dumb. That we all know that, right? But like, <laughs> but like, that's that's what happens. Or how about this? Stop. Collaborate and.
1: Listen. Ice
0: is back. Right? Yeah. yeah, No. <laughs> it. Um, how about Shagalika?
1: Right,
0: yeah. Gone one. Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit better on that one. Uh, How about, oh, we're halfway there. It's getting hot. That was a test to see who has a past and is the sinner. And so, and then there's this one, which I'm not going to sing, but I want you guys to let it rip when this plays. Ready? let it go.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, so now do you sound as good as Whitney Houston? No, right? Not well. in your head you do, like you'll hit the high note after that, and you're like, <laughs> like you kind of get it like you think you can, but there's something about music. It just brings us in. I'm gonna ask actually Lamont, where are you? to come up. Um, I want you to experience this uh, in a different way because I can't lead this part. And so uh, I want Lamont, Lamont's gonna lead us through um, essentially what this room can feel like. And I want you to just feel what happens when people sing together and the power that happens with corporate worship together and and why it's so uh, important. So I'll let Lamont do it.
1: All right, so for a long time, people have been asking me, can we have a choir at Hill City? So now's your chance. Yay. Has anybody ever sung in a choir before? Chorus, anything? Awesome, most of us. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little exercise. So this part of the room from this aisle here is one section. The middle is another section. From this aisle here is another section. So when I raise my hand up in your section, you get louder. When I put my hand down in your section, you get quieter. But we're all going to be singing ah. Can we all do that? So here's the note.
3: Ah, can we all
1: sing that note, ah? Good. For the fellas, if you can't hit that, you can go, (laughs) ah. One, two, three. Wait, I didn't tell you to stop singing. Hold on. Anybody wanna add a harmony note? Uh All right, as loud as you can go. Very good, give yourselves a round of applause.
0: So, corporate worship is important. Why? Because there's something that just bonded everybody in the room. Like the second you hear something like that, the second you participate in something like that, the second you engage in that way, it bonds you. Uh, listen, is, is church online a good thing? Of course. Like, there, like it's a wonderful thing and, and, and for people that need it and if you're traveling, different things. But you can't replace corporate worship. You can't. You, you can't do it. So it, it's, it's important. There's something specific that begins to happen in it. And so uh, here's the main thought for this morning. The simplicity of singing creates opportunity to experience the wonder and mystery of God. The simplicity of singing creates opportunity to experience the wonder and mystery of God. And so I want to talk about one of my favorite passages and stories in the entire Bible and this guy, these two guys named Paul and Silas, uh, they're early missionaries uh, to, about Jesus, and they're making a lot of people mad because uh, here's what's happening. A lot of people are starting to come to follow Jesus and believe in Jesus, and they're leaving their, their, their groups, and they're joining this, this new thing called The Way. It wasn't called Christianity yet, but it was called The Way, and uh, it was The Way of Jesus, and they're, they're, they're following these people. And at one point in time, Paul and Silas have this woman that's following them, and and she has a spirit inside of her, and uh, they get annoyed by her, and they cast out this demon. And here's the problem. When they do that, it wrecks the economy of the city. This woman had a very pivotal role uh, in it, and so people are really mad. And so they bring Paul and Silas to the magistrates, and, and they're just so mad, and they want them to do something about it. And so we're going to pick up the story uh, right then, because I want you to, to see what transpires through the beauty of singing. In Acts chapter 16, it says this. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, I don't want you to, like, they're getting beaten and flogged. I mean, whipped and bloody. And and imagine the worst possible beating you, you can fathom. Okay, that's what's happening. And so they get put in the inner cell. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew, drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer calls for the lice, rushed in, and fell trembling uh, Fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and he asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. At the hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Immediately, he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. I mean, this story has so many super cool elements to it. Like I I love this story uh, so much for a a lot of different reasons, but I want us to focus on this element of singing. And the first thing is this, that our praise is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon. We just had those lyrics actually in those first two songs that we sang, um, that our praise is a weapon. I don't know how often you think about that, but when you come in and sing together, um, that it's, it's a weapon. It's a weapon against fear, it's a weapon against anger, it's a weapon uh, against anxiety, it's a weapon against depression, it's, it's a weapon against lust, it's a weapon against judgment, uh, being judgmental, it's, it's a weapon against all these different things. So there's, it's, it's a weapon. It's a weapon against evil, it's a weapon against temptation. It's a weapon. But did you think about that when we started to sing? Did you think as we began to, to sing the first song and, you know, we start chanting together, right? And I get it. Like the, the faster songs like are sometimes a little more difficult, but it's good to have different kinds of songs. And it's like, did you think about it in that moment, this is a weapon? My guess is it's probably not. But this is how the Bible talks about it. And this is how, uh, you know, we, we sing through it. It's like our praise becomes uh, a weapon. Uh, look at this in 2 Chronicles. It's another story, and I want you to see what God has his people do in the midst of a battle. After consulting the people, the king appointed what? To walk ahead of the army, doing what? To the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what, and this is how we talk about war all the time, right? Like, send the singers out there. Like, they'll, they'll do good. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Their praise of singing was a weapon. It wasn't that, that um, it was like it was, the singing was so good that it made them do something. It was their praise and their singing in that moment was startling to the enemy. Like, how could these people be praising at a time that they should be angry, that they should be violent, that they should be wanting to do all these things towards us, that this praise was so confounding and confusing that the Lord was like, like it was confusing to them. And so they end up fighting amongst themselves. Paul, uh, who writes some of the other letters in the New Testament, he says this in Colossians 3.16, he says, "'Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit.'" singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. That there's this piece is, is like, okay, for us to have this, this weapon that to come against the things that, that people are, are, are doing wrong, come against the things that people are tempted by, to come against the things that might hurt your community. Paul's like, hey, this is what we do together when we're in the Spirit. We are singing to one another. But there's something in this that we're singing to one another that, that pushes us in. And where it be, leads us to is a gratitude in our hearts gratitude for God as Paul writes it this way in Ephesians 5 he says this is evidence of the Spirit of God working inside of you that we speak to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ there is this this element that we begin to engage with singing that it is a weapon that we're supposed to be using singing as a weapon. It reminds us the enemy of uh, reminds the enemy who's in charge. So, s- some people uh, believe that uh, in the story of the devil of Satan, that he was cast down uh, from heaven. He's one of the angels, and uh, that part of the story in Ezekiel twenty-eight that says that he might have been a musician. He might have been like leading worship in the heavens, right? And because of his pride, he was, he was cast out. That's, that's one way to think about it. There's no way to prove that, but that's one way to, to, that some people think about it. That there's something with, with, with music against the enemy. But does not have to be just this idea of the devil or Satan? Uh, let me ask you this. What is your enemy? Not who, but but What? What is the thing that's like an enemy to your soul it's an enemy to your day it's an enemy to your relationships is it anger is it lust is it depression is it anxiety is it temptation is it what is it and let me ask you this do you sing as a weapon in response to it see what what God says is and what the Bible says and what is kind of laid before us is this opportunity when the Spirit of God is moving, that one of the ways that we encounter and defeat and battle against the enemies of our lives is through singing, that that is our response. How many of you guys have gotten really mad recently? Can you imagine in that moment if you just started singing? Not something angry like hardcore music or something, but like something that like was a sweet melody to your soul. Do you think that would have made a difference? That there's something that God has designed us to be that, that, that enables us to speak into it. Singing sets the tone for our response to pain. Um, one of the songs for, in my own life uh, that has been part of my life. It, it, it was one of the early songs when I, when I really came to, 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 to trust in God and, and to live my life out and follow Jesus. It um, was a song uh, by Fred Hammond um, that was called Give Me a Clean Heart. And uh, it's a song that I still sing so often to this day. The words are so powerful to me. And, and no matter what I'm going through, I'm feeling tempted by something or feeling like the weight or stress of something or feeling like I'm distracted or feeling, it, I often go back to this song because it recenters me. To give me a clean art, right? So I will follow no one but you and, and, and engage it in this way. And, and, and so we, we need a song like your soul needs a song to sing to recenter yourself to bring it back to something it you need it your your soul is literally craving it because our praise is supposed to be uh, a weapon we begin to see this so so can you imagine how annoyed the devil is every time the people of God sing together because you can pray and, and you may not know what you're praying about obviously you can't read your mind but uh when you sing you're making a declaration against the enemy So we're going to sing again after this, but like you make a declaration against the enemy. I mean, it's a battle. It becomes a weapon against the powers that be. Our praise is also a witness. Our praise is a witness. So our praise is a a weapon and our praise is a witness. I love this quote from uh, Tim Keller. He says, good corporate worship will naturally be evangelistic. That there's something about the people of God singing that is a witness to everyone around them. That when you walk into a place and people have got, and I'm not talking about for show, I'm talking about authentic, genuine worship, and that can look a lot of different ways. It can look a lot of different ways. I've experienced a, a lot of different uh, uh, ways to, to worship. And, and some powerful moments have been with like, just people like calmly singing together, like in a quiet environment. That there's something about the genuineness that begins to happen in that. But, but it should be a witness that's like, whoa, 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 these people are in it. Like there's something so powerful that when you walk in the room and, and maybe you're hurting or maybe uh, uh, you're doubting or, or maybe you just had a rough season and you walk in and you experience it. You're like, this is a witness to the realities of, of who God is. When I was thinking about this part of the sermon I was reflecting uh, on this song uh, called "Because He Lives." You guys remember that song? Uh, It was written in the 1960s, and uh, it's a powerful song. And it was written uh, by the Gaithers. And when they wrote it, they had a child coming into the world, and it was during a time. This will sound really familiar, uh, but there was during a time where there was a lot of civil unrest. there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of hatred, there was, a, there was an assassination on a president, there were wars that were happening, there were more threats of assassination. Uh, you had things like happening, like it seemed like everything was spinning out of control. And they begin to put pen to paper and, and write this song, and I'm gonna ask uh, Uma and Laura and Sharice, I don't know where you are, you're over here. Um, and they, and they, they put pen to paper and they write this song because they're, they're, they're trying to figure out a way To be like, how can we write something that'll be a witness to the people around us? How can we write something that will be a a witness to our son that's coming into this world? How how can we do something? And so they they write this song and uh, I want you guys to actually hear it because I want you to picture this. Now, Paul and Silas didn't sing this song, okay? They didn't sing the song. But can you imagine a song like this? You're the jailer. You've just beaten and flogged these people. You've put them in prison right and you're thinking like you're part of the Roman empire and everything else and they got all these other prisoners and everyone's miserable and then you hear something like this and tell me this wouldn't make a difference
3: God sent his son My Savior lives, because He lives, I can face.
0: Now, Paul and Silas didn't sound like that, right? Like, that's like not a real thing. But you can see why music becomes a witness. Can, can you imagine hearing something like that with words like that? That it's like, oh, that's what's inside of them. But, okay, there's something there. There's something there that's incredibly powerful. There's something there that can move. It, it can move where people are. It's something there that... It's like the jailer hears something like that. Some, some, something that's proclaiming the reality and the truth of the risen Jesus. And you see the spirit of God begins to move in such a powerful way that the jailer uh, ends up bowing down and trembling before the reality of who God is. It's because it becomes a witness. Our singing becomes a witness to who God is and what he means to us. You see... Even lyrics in, in songs like that, like they, they hit you different Like when it's like the, the truth and the reality of what you believe. It can be fast songs, slow songs, medium songs, whatever. They, they hit you different w- when it's real. It, it, it strikes in an, an emotion. It, it strikes you at a level, a deep core level of your soul because that is how God designed it to be. Like when you're seeing the reality and the truth of who Jesus is, you are tapping into the very person God designed you to be. And how he wanted you to see and feel and experience uh, the world uh, around you. This becomes like a witness. This becomes the reality and how we speak to it. Like this is, again, this is in scripture and other places. In Psalm 105, it says this, Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wonderful acts. Like this is what we're supposed to do. I get it. Not everyone has a good voice. I don't have a good voice. Like uh, I get it. It's like uh, you might not be expressive like some other people. But we're supposed to engage at the level that that God designed us to engage at. For some of you, that's more expressive and clapping and raising hands and moving and all that stuff. And and I'm not talking about like doing anything for show. I'm not talking about doing anything distracting or anything like that. I'm I'm saying that like, man, there's a there's a way to approach this, and our posture deeply matters. Like, our our ability to you know like when you sit and you do this, right? It's it's a posture towards the reality of God. And maybe this is as far as you can go for right now. That's how I started, and then eventually it was like. Right, and then you know it's here, right? And and so it, it but it's it, it, it started here because I was like, I just want my posture before God to be here, and, and and my singing is sometimes a little louder, sometimes it's quieter, depending. Right, if it's really loud in the room, it's louder. And um, Lamont and I just harmonize like so well, and um, but. But we, we are in it like, and, and you feel it and you experience it, but it's, it's the posture. And again, not, I'm not talking for show. Like I've, I've been in places where it's for show, right? I'm not talking about like, and, and, and also you, you might be in a place where you gotta be aware of your surroundings. Like you might go into a very chill place and there's like 80 people singing and no one's raising it. That's not like what they do there. You can't go in there, you know, going like this. Like it's distracting. So you gotta be, you gotta be aware of your surroundings too. But it's like here, like we, we've got a pretty free environment to a certain degree. Like If you start running up and down, like someone's going to say t- something to you. But like, but like you've you got a lot of room to be expressive, but our posture matters. I mean, your posture and how you sing matters to people who are hurting. Your posture and how you sing and how you engage matters to the people that come here wondering if this stuff is real. Your posture matters. Let me ask you this. Does your posture matter to God? I would certainly think so. When we step in, God's like, what's your posture before me? As you begin to sing to me. Here's the last thing. Our praise reaches the heavens. Our praise reaches the heavens. Um, This is probably the coolest part of the story, but... The ground shook, the prison doors flew open. Now what's cool about this story is like the prisoners don't actually go anywhere. Paul and Silas actually stay. So, so get this, part of this is, is the praise reaches the heavens. Like, the ground shaking and the doors flying open was a heavenly response to an earthly praise. That. They didn't leave and get out of the prison cells, but they were free to do so. Why didn't they leave? Because Paul and Silas saw, oh, hold on a second. God's doing something here. And so we're going to stay and make sure that we're following what the spirit of God wants us to do. They could have run, but they didn't. And here's what they knew. The jailer, like had the prisoners escaped, the jailer actually would have been, he would have been killed instantaneously by, um, by the empire. But they, they come in here, and of course, the, the jailer's response, what does he do? He comes to believe. He trembles before them, comes to believe, takes them home, gives them a meal, cleans them up, does all these things. Why? Because there was something that was so like, mysterious and wonder-filled and, 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 and in awe of the reality of the Spirit of God. Why? Because there was an attachment into the heavens that was transpiring before them. But that's what singing can do. And the ground began to shake. Now, will the ground literally begin to shake? God could do whatever he wants, okay? But his thing is, it's, man, your freedom out of your prison might just be your earthly praise reaching the heavens. That uh, your friend that you're praying for or your, your person that you know that's struggling right now, it might be your earthly praise that's heard by the heavens that something transpires becomes such an incredible witness to them. That it changes everything for them. There's something to it. The band, you guys can come back up. Now you might be thinking, you have a wags, you've mentioned all these different things where singing was so important and it didn't end persecution and it didn't end slavery and it didn't end this, and it didn't end that. And I get it, but here's what it does do. What singing will do will interrupt it might not interrupt the practice on the front end, but it sure does interrupt the purpose. And here's what I mean by that. The purpose of slavery, for instance, was to dehumanize and strip people of their identity. And it was about power and it was about oppression. and It was about all the things that we know it was about. But it was trying to dehumanize and strip people of who God designed them to be. But in the midst of their praise, in the midst of their hymns, in the midst of their spirituals, in the midst of all that, it was because of that hope, it was because of what they saw in their future, it was because of all of that, that they refused to let them strip them of their identity. And the practice didn't stop for a little while, but here's what started to happen. Little by little, it chipped away at certain things. And then you had people join in on the fight. And eventually laws changed, and eventually something, and has it been perfect? No, of course not. Practice took a while to change, and, but man, the purpose was stripped away simply through the praise of people. Did it make them more angry? Yep. Did it make them more evil the at times? Yep, yeah, 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 I get all that. But there was something about the praise. When you read about Holocaust survivors in, uh, well, let me say this first. Last week in the, in the huddle, I shared with the team that C.S. Lewis talks about how everything is contested space. Everything is contested space. It's in our praise we are acknowledging as a, we- as a weapon and as a witness to the reality of who God is, singing to the heavens with our praise. It's like, like that. the devil can't have this space. You can contest all you want, but you can't have the space. Victor Frankl, who wrote uh, about Holocaust survivors, and one himself, he, he says this, about those who survived. He said, the prisoner who had lost faith in the future, meaning hope, his future was doomed. I don't want you to miss the movement. I don't want you to, I don't want you to let the the, the evil or the enemy of your life, I don't want that to speak louder than your praise. I want your future to be doomed. So your praise, you speak a whole other language to God. Your praise is a weapon. Your praise is a witness. Your praise reaches to the heavens. You bow your heads, God. As we sit here, um, we're going to sing and. God, right now, I, I want people to experience the depth of who you are. And so, um, God, i got to pray that everyone in this room, if you've got some kind of enemy you feel like is trying to always disrupt your life fear, insecurity, doubt, anger, lust. Temptation. Anxiety. Depression. God, I pray that uh, as we sing about the king of our hearts and the goodness of who you are and your goodness and mercy and how you look over us and I pray whatever we feel like is a disruptor of our life, God, that As we sing today, we will sing directly to it. Knowing that our praise is a weapon. Knowing that our praise is a witness. Knowing that it's reaching the heavens. And God, for some, it might be an instantaneous freedom from something. From from others, maybe not, but but now you'll have a song to sing to it. Because of your goodness. You stand and sing this last song.